The following production is part of the Play Some Video Games Podcast Network. Welcome to Board with Video Games, the gaming podcast that strives for the right balance of coverage. For games you play on your table and on your television, you can think of us as the Series S and Series X of gaming podcasts. We're a proud member of the PSVG Podcast Network and thrilled to be part of the Dice Tower Network as well. I am one of your hosts, Kyle, and joining me on this co-op adventure, the guy who looks stellar in full 4K, Josh how are you doing this evening? You added full 4K because you I think I you did. knew where I was gonna go. <laughs> I'm the upscaled version. <laughs> yeah, I'm, full, true. You yeah. know, however you want to look at it. <laughs> I'm upscale, you're native. Uh I'm doing okay. You know, just living that parenting life. Uh mm. uh yeah. My son fell down the stairs today, so that was pretty terrifying. Uh, I can see that being terrifying. That was fun. Had my hands full of I had a tray bringing out food to cook on the grill. So I didn't have any free hands. He didn't wait for me. So I'm trying to be a good dad. Let him walk down the stairs, you know, on his own. Right. And usually I hold his hand. So I'm like walking and I'm trying to get ahead of him at this point. Because they're the right. back stairs. They're, they're relatively, they're pretty steep. Yeah. Um, there's a railing. He's not using it. And as just as I get to the step that he's on for me to get ahead of him, down he goes. Just mm. boom, 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 face first, down about five stairs. And I mean, at least know, it was only five stairs. At least it was only five. Uh, but I learned after he like banged his head off the coffee table in my, and like a, like a, a few weeks ago, my instinct, I was like, oh, and I'm like up and I'm like checking on him and. Obviously, like they tell you, like that's the last thing you should do. But like, in, right, it's instinct. Right. It's instinct. Like you're like, oh, yep. oh my god, it looks terrible. Okay, like, yeah. <laughs> so like I just react. Yeah, they're gonna be like, am I supposed to be reacting? What's happening? <laughs> yeah. So I just looked at him. He picked himself up, thank God. And I looked and I said, "Are you okay?" Uh, yeah, I'm okay. I was like, good. And he was like, ow, <laughs> ow. And I was like, oh no, don't say ow. <laughs> So yeah, he was alright. He just had a little mark on his on his chest, but no damage done. Just a terrifying fall, and yeah, that's just kind of been like part of. He threw up on Thursday night in bed when I was out. So I was out playing board games. We were supposed to play right. Pathfinder, and our buddy didn't bring us Pathfinder books, so we played board games instead. Uh, it was an interesting night, actually. Uh, that was Thursday night. So uh, our host, the, his wife wa- is was about a week past her due date. Yes. So we were giving playing birth at home. Yeah, doing giving birth at home. Um, we played a, a party game with her, and then she went upstairs, and we started playing Victoria Masterminds. Um, uh huh. And halfway through, my wife texted me. Jameson threw up. Can you please come home? Okay, so I have to leave. I gave my buddy a ride there, so I like abandoned him there. He got a, he got a ride home from someone else. Oh no! <laughs> um, and so yeah, so I get home. He's throwing up. I have Friday off, 
for my last day to myself. Now he can't go to daycare because no. he threw up. So it turned into a long father-son weekend. Um, and then while my friends were there, our friends, I don't, I don't know if, I'm not going to say too much, but basically the, the birth birthing process started <laughs> while my <laughs> friends were there. Um, so they, they got out in time. My buddy was like, Oh, we'll run home if the baby starts to come. <laughs> uh, so that, so they had their baby. So congratulations to them if they're listening. Uh, and yeah. And then that night, my son just, I gave him apple juice and he poured it just as soon as I gave it to him, just poured it over his nuggets in the whole table. <laughs> and when I asked him why he did it, he said, I don't know, daddy. Great. Thanks. Perfect. <laughs> That's real helpful. <laughs> Perfect. So it's been an interesting long weekend. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like an adventure. It's my long answer. Any... <laughs> yeah, no, it's okay. I don't have any really cool stories about things that happened this weekend because not that like anything bad happened. It was just pretty, you know, work on the house, that kind of stuff weekend. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I will say not having kids... Um, it gives me an appreciation for all the things that how much in some ways it is like it's almost like I don't I don't want to say best but there are times when a parent it seems like the proper thing to do is the thing that is against your natural instinct. Yeah, you're you're like <laughs> you're you're like being reprogrammed to react differently to everything you've ever reacted right. to. <laughs> yeah, which which is interesting, and yeah. I think probably good. You know, it probably is done. That, that happens for a reason. I am sure. It just I just find it interesting. Yeah, the kid fall, <laughs> falling down the stairs thing. Um, you know, I I have been fortunate in my life, but I've never really I can't ever really remember falling down like more than a stair or two. Have you ever fallen down like a I, flight of stairs? To my knowledge, I've never fallen down stairs. Yeah, uh, I think unless it's like it was like on my butt, maybe. Right. Yeah, I just don't know. And I don't know that I really know someone who's, like, really fallen down the stairs. Yeah. Well, because sometimes those people don't, don't make it. <laughs> I know. I know. That's what I'm saying. It's a scary thing. Yeah, I, just, I do think about it basically every time I walk down my stairs about how much I don't want to fall down Don't fall, them. don't fall, don't fall. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe that's why I've never fall, fallen down them because I am just focused on not falling very much. So I, I think that helps, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know. It's it is something that I'm af I'm afraid of heights, so like being falling downstairs is definitely in that uh, horrifying experience catalog, right? Um, and yeah, so now I I discovered a new fear, and it was watching my son fall downstairs, <laughs> well, <laughs> and I don't ever want that to ever do. happen again. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you said you were, you know, you're going out to grill stuff. Did did what you grilled turn out well? Yeah, the food came out fine. <laughs> That's great. Then there you go. He can eat some food and, and, and you know to recover from his fall. That's okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, they they say like kids are still like bendable, right? So it's okay for them to fall. They bounce back. Their bones are, are still flexible, so they don't break. Yeah, I guess old people. Luckily, I haven't had to test more of that yet. <laughs> <laughs> But that's what I hear. <laughs> no, nothing we say here is parenting advice, especially from me, because I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm just <laughs> saying things. So no, the sentiment isn't wrong. I have definitely heard that. I just I'm just glad I haven't had to uh, attest to it. <laughs> no, I totally understand. There, uh, I was really it, it was interesting today because 
Oh, changing subjects a little bit. Today was the first day in a week it hasn't rained. Oh. We have had rain for a week straight. Nice. Which, to be clear, we desperately needed. Yeah. But I was actually kind of excited because I got to mow my lawn. And I haven't <laughs> mowed my lawn in a long time because it was real, real hot. So it didn't need to be mowed. And then it just rained. And now my lawn looks great again. It's kind of nice. But, yeah. But we're getting to that point now. You know, we're pushing to the middle of September, Josh. Mm. Almost. It's almost not lawn mowing season anymore. Got to start dusting off the shovels and making sure the snowblower starts. Like, we're, we're just right around the corner. Ooh, the snowblower. I yeah, I don't think we're getting over 70 all week. So, we're definitely hitting that fall weather also. Well, it's okay. Because fall, you know, means pumpkin spice. People like pumpkin spice, right? No. <laughs> I think pumpkin spice is, is good. It's pretty popular. It's I'm not a fan. Are you just a fan because it's popular? Are you just not a fan because it's popular? No, no. I just, I don't like it. That's all. I mean, that's fine. That's fine. There's it's like totally two fine. pumpkin beers I like out of like the 1,000 that there are. <laughs> okay. And uh, yeah, I'm not a pumpkin pie guy. Just, you know, just a food heathen. <laughs> that's you know, me. you just hate good things. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. No big yeah. deal. I eat beets for snacks and eat raw potatoes. That's what I do. <laughs> do you really eat beets for snacks? Oh, yeah. They're super fruit. Well, yeah, there's a lot of, so is like acai. Do you eat that for a snack? No, I mean, I eat, I guess I should be more clear. I eat pickled beets for okay. a snack. I don't just eat a beet, but it's kind of <laughs> close to the same thing. Picture you walking out to your, like, your backyard garden and just pulling a beet out of the ground, <laughs> taking a chomp out of it. Beets are superfoods. It's true. Beets are really good for you. I do like beets. I just don't know that I ever eat them as a snack. Yeah, I mean, when you put them in sugar and vinegar, it kind of takes away the uh, uh, great health <laughs> uh, modification from them. But yeah, that's my that's my... Uh, snack during the week is beets before lunch and then whatever i cooked for lunch interesting i'm a weirdo i don't think you're a weirdo everyone has their own food thing so for okay now this is going to (laughs) be one final small topic before we actually get on track with the show (laughs) support with everything (laughs) i know right for lunches for work do you like bring leftovers do you plan out your lunches you're bringing to work do you like always have the same thing how do you plan lunches for work in a perfect world uh, everything would be pre-made. Uh, I, that's what I mm-hmm. that's what I try to do. And typically on Sundays, it's when I cook for the week. Um, that hasn't happened with the pandemic, and I think it's just because my mindset just isn't where it needs to be. Right. Um, but working in the mornings, I don't like typically have opportunities to go out and get food, mm-hmm. so it's whatever I have. But at nights, I definitely eat worse because I like swing by like. McDonald's or Burger King on my way into work, and I'll bring oh, gotcha. I'll bring in leftovers with me. Um, but yeah, typically it's pasta or I made hamburger and rice and veggies and corn, like a not shepherd's pie, but like no potato shepherd's pie. <laughs> that kind of still works. It's yeah. shepherd-ish uh, pie covered in yeah. ketchup and, and uh, <laughs> you know be gross uh, stuff like that. Nothing fancy, you know. I'm not living the the great life as far as lunches go. Hey, that's okay though. I it's interesting because at work, I'm the only person who doesn't leave work for lunch. Mm. I bring my lunch every day, and everyone I work with in my office when and we have an hour for lunch because just of how our day is structured. They everyone else in my office leaves, just me, and I sit there and I watch like 
Overwatch some League show or something or Overwatch <laughs> League or whatever while I'm and I pretty much bring the same thing. I uh buy bagged salads. You know how you can get like those salad yeah, kits. I bought some today. And yeah. I buy a rotisserie chicken. Oh. And then like on Sunday, like I cut up the rotisserie chicken, bag it out for like the week, and then just grab a bagged salad and some rotisserie chicken. And that's pretty much uh, any yogurt usually. That's usually my lunch for work. Nice. I know, it's not too bad. I, I appreciate it. So sometimes it's leftovers, but it's usually that, so Hey, should we actually get to the show? I was just thinking I was going to be like, hey, if you like what we talked about, you should listen to Board With Everything on Patreon. You should listen to Board With Everything. But we don't even talk about this on Board With Everything. (laughs) We created Board With Everything to cover this, but (laughs) we we cover more uh, (laughs) scheduled topics. That's true. Well, in theory, this could be a scheduled topic for Board With Everything. Man, I can't wait. (laughs) For later this month, when I can tell you about all the things that happened to my son this month. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. So thanks so much for joining us this week, everyone. As always, if you have any feedback, questions, or suggested topics, hit us up at Board with VG on Twitter or check out all the stuff over on the Patreon. Uh, not We're not the Patreon yet. All the stuff over on the Instagram, also Board with VG. And we're part, uh, Board with Video Games is part of Play Some Video Games, and PSVG is on Patreon. We're absolutely thrilled to support you've given us there thus far. And if you'd like to monetarily support what we do, you can find us there at patreon.com slash PSVG. But the most important thing is just that you listen and maybe share our show with someone who you think would enjoy it. We're also a member of the Dice Tower Podcast Network, so if you enjoy our conversations about board games and would like to dive deeper into that world, we encourage you to check out the Dice Tower Podcast as well as all the other members of the network. No matter what type of board games you enjoy, there's a podcast on the network that's right for you. You know, I've read that housekeeping so many times. You think I wouldn't mess it up anymore. But every once in a while. Because I mentioned Patreon. You did eventually. Yeah, okay. I did it. <laughs> it's fine. Still think I should be able to read, you know, copy. But whatever, mm. that's fine. Josh, Hi. what is your first topic this week? Well, something very uh, exciting to me popped up. Um, I don't even know where because I get Stoneblade emails and this didn't even show up in them, which is mm. bizarre to me. But apparently it popped up in the Ascension Tactics Kickstarter Yeah, where they decided to offer – pretty much every version of Ascension they've ever made at a discounted price, uh, which I guess also included something that hasn't technically been made yet or is coming out, um, and it's called Ascension Eternal. Now, according to UltraPro, I was trying to find a good source of like information on it, and everywhere I went was just kind of like uh, a hodgepodge of like information, but nothing solid. So um, Ascension Eternal is a fast-paced deck-building game uh, designed by... See, like it's it's by Justin Gary and the Stoneblade crew, right? Um, so they're continuing to build on the 10-year success of Ascension in the hobby. This package brings all the strategy and tactics of the award-winning deck-building game to a new lower price, which is 20 bucks. It's a two-player version that's exact, uh, accessible to casual audiences. Um, yeah, they say 20-minute playtime for two players. Uh, this The reason why I wanted to mention this was they're pulling cards from every ascension set so you're not just getting um like they did release that ascension two-player game a few years ago um and it was but it was just new art and it was pulling from the base ascension game so ascension eternal is essentially um a curated list of cards from all of the sets so like for people like me who struggled when I was buying all the expansions for Ascension uh, and then mixing them all together, 
and then just having a stack in the void that is a thousand cards tall in because you have to put it in two stacks so it's you know 500 and 500 like you never you just never get to certain cards ever and even right. shuffling doesn't really help when you have that many cards correct um so this is obviously not even close to that many cards it's i think it's 122 cards um or something along those lines and uh it's just this is something that i think of when we talk about um deck builders or like when william comes on and he's talking to us about legendary and he's like well when's the last time you played legendary you guys love it so much <laughs> and we're like oh yeah we don't play it because you know the the setup time is so long just throw that logic in our face yeah um but ascension is a game it it got it assisted me into getting into the hobby um mm-hmm. and it really got me into deck builders uh uh into the current generation and I love it. I think that more people should play it. I, I've definitely run into so many people who've never played Ascension. And this is just another great example of like uh, them adapting and saying like, hey, maybe we should really highlight some of the best cards from all of our decks. So even if like a particular card hits your, like s- uh, strikes your fancy, like, oh, I really like like... um. I don't want to, like, uh, Vela, um, uh, he, whatever, I like his powers or whatever. You can probably find out what set he's from and and maybe mm-hmm. even get that set to play, because a lot of them are still standalone sets, um, right. which I really like. So um, I'm excited. Hopefully people play this. I'll definitely be adding this to the Ascension collection. Um, by going through, like, all of my games, like, I did decide there are certain games I won't play and decide to get rid of, I'm definitely keeping certain collections. Ascension, Pandemic. Um, like, I'm keeping Pandemic, uh, Hot Zone. I haven't even played it. I don't even know if I'm going to like it. But right. it kind of fits with that collection aspect. Uh, so this definitely fits into that. Do you have any interest in this? When's the last, Do you know when the last time you played Ascension was? And do you enjoy Ascension? I like Ascension. I'm trying to think of the last time I played it, which probably tells you how long it's been. Yeah. But this is kind of, I think in a lot of ways, right up my alley. And like you said, I would like to see other games do something similar to this, where it's not really like an all-stars type thing, but just a nice retrospective of, hey, here are some cool cards from throughout the history of the game, all balanced into one easy-to-pick-up set of, like one game that you can pick up easily, learn easily, it's going to give you a bit of flavor from across all of, you know, Ascension, plus mechanics and mechanisms from all across. Because I think that's one of the hardest things is when you come into a game late or if you start a game and lose it and then come back, so many mechanics and mechanisms have changed or adjusted or adapted and all those things. So this is something I think that sounds really cool. Um, I, I think it works for a game like Ascension extremely well. Uh, and you know, the price is really good. It's a really excellent price for it. So I, it's definitely something I'm interested in, uh, as someone who has a lot of other deck builders and I love deck builders, but my partner doesn't love them as much. Mm -hmm. This might be an easy way to be able to ensure I can get Ascension to the table from time to time. Are you, I I know you have basically everything (laughs) Ascension. Does you already have all this stuff? Do you need this? No, actually like we're, we're short a bunch. We kind of fell off of the, um, 
the bandwagon as far as uh, expansions go because we kind of just mm-hmm. wanted to play the ones we already have. And like we had so many that we hadn't played because we were kind of collecting them. Um, and then the, the, the it's not a problem, but what happened with Ascension is they started – they started when they started adding new mechanics, some of them – just didn't work well with every set. So what they would do is like they release an expansion. I think like Valley of the Ancients is a good example. And then they were like, Hey, uh, we added, uh, or dream dreamscape. We added these dream tokens. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but they don't, you know, they only work well with dreamscape cards. So we're going to do two more expansions and then we'll do a dreamscape expansion that uses, the dream tokens. So now you're like, right. okay, I'm going to play dreamscape with base ascension and this new expansion. So like, it's not so black and white anymore. It's, and, right. and we still have that problem where re- what I really want to do, cause I can't just afford to buy the anniversary collections, which is mm-hmm. what I would prefer to do is I got to open up my, my ascension box that it's doesn't, it's so overstacked from the lid. It, it's like almost twice the size of the box. Oh uh, goodness. That I just really need to go through and and separate out. I'm like one of those people who who doesn't throw away expansion boxes. Like you see a lot of people in like groups mm-hmm. too, because that just kills my soul. So I still have all those boxes. So I really just need to re-separate them and put them away. So I can be like, hey, let's play Ascension and um, whatever uh, whatever expansion uh, today. And then we'll play this and another one tomorrow, like whatever the case may be. Because um, while like ultimately it's fun to mix decks, it's mm-hmm. it's also very like originally my my neighbor and I, I lent him all of my things and he like balanced out a deck of like 150 cards and that's that's what we would use. Oh okay. So we just wouldn't use the other cards and I was like, well, I hate to have them and not use them. So. Yeah. It's just a balance, you know, you kind of have to, to work through that. It's like buying magic cards, right? Like, you're spending all this money on a pack of cards, and you might get lucky to pull one card from that deck that you want to use. So, yeah, it's frustrating, but uh, this is great. I think this is a great um, set to have, and we might discover cards we haven't even played yet playing this set. That's true. Which is really cool. Have you played Skulls and Sails? Yes, that is the last Ascension that I have played. Okay. Um, which we talked, I talked about it on the podcast, actually. Uh, it changes the board totally. Oh, that's right. And that was that it's, one. Okay. It was, it's fun. It's good. It's a nice twist on Ascension if you're getting bored with the generic Ascension. Gotcha. How about Deliverance? No, I don't have Deliverance. How about <laughs> uh, Delirium? I have Delirium, yes. But I haven't played How it yet. How about Valley of the Ancients? Yeah, I have that one. Gift of the Elements? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have that War one of the Shadows. Oh, no, War of Shadows, excuse me. I don't know about that one. Maybe? <laughs> I got a lot. Uh, according to Ultra Pro, uh, Skulls and Sails was the 15th set. Yeah, I mean, that sounds right. <laughs> so, But it does sound like, because, you know, year one, year two, because they, ha- they did the whole, like, year one, year two, year three thing, right? For the, yeah, so, collector that sets. Makes sense then. Yeah, so... Yeah, I mean, this is a game that's still kicking. You know, Ascension is one of those games that's still out there. People still playing it. People seem to like it, so that's cool. Man, it's not as good of a name as you got to be kidding me. No, but hey, you know. <laughs> when you said that, you wish other games did it. Like the first game I thought of was Dominion. 
Yeah, that's actually the first game I thought of as well yeah. because I have a number of of Dominion expansions. And part of the reason I never play the game is I'm like, oh goodness, how am I going to decide which of the ten cards are going to? And you know, yeah, of the pool of ten, like it would be really cool for them. And I know that there's plenty of resources online. There's a ton of resources on Board Game Geek that can give interesting or good um, combinations of stuff. But I've still never really, really nice. I've never bought an expansion to Carcassonne or Catan. Oh, really? And I love those games today, and I'm so overwhelmed by like. You hear there's good and bad expansions to Carcassonne, yeah. and yep. even even Catan, like Seafarers yeah. is like the common, like the most commonly one, uh, talked about one. I have Seafarers and I really like it. I'm like I like I like Catan enough as it is. Mm-hmm. I'm sure, and that that's a, tr- the, a thing, right? Do do we try to learn a new expansion and then hope it's good or what? Like right. I don't know. I mean, obviously we could just not use the expansion again, but. Um, I just really feel comfortable, at least with those games that we've never expanded them because I've never been wanting in those games. I feel like it's kind of, you get a full game experience out of them. Well, and I think especially with Catan and Carcassonne, in a lot of ways to me, the social aspect of those games of hanging out and talking to people and not having to think yeah. about that other stuff is one of the reasons I really like those games. Yeah, that's true too. In fact, it's you know, probably the reason why we haven't played um, the Game of Thrones one yet because it adds like 17 different elements to right. basic attend. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh so real quick if I can make like a a 1.5 topic for you if you're okay with that because yeah, I thought this was going to totally be your topic and it wasn't. You know what I'm talking uh, about? Uh n- once you tell me I'll know, but no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I thought you totally would be all down about this Borderlands RPG. Oh yeah, you know, it was announced yesterday um on the on the live stream. I was going to mention it um at some point, uh, I I I couldn't listen to it. I watched the video without audio because <laughs> okay. I, I know the there's language and my son was in the room. Um, but it looked really funny, at least as far as like, um, I mean, Randy Pitchford really is just tripling down on magic uh, references, even to the point where they bought the Penn and Teller VR game. <laughs> like, right? Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's yeah. It was shoot. I know the name of it. Um, well, we can't say that. Are uh, you talking about the Penn and Teller? Or no, the, we can the say RPG? we can't say badass. <laughs> well, you just did. I, I did guess, just so. say it. I can't remember the first, what was it. Bunkers, bunkers, and yeah, and BAs, <laughs> bunkers and BAs. Um, yeah, I think that that's a money making machine, and the fact that Borderlands hasn't been an RPG yet. I think mm-hmm. it, it has something to do with the fact that a lot of people are now realizing that like D and D is popular. <laughs> it right. took them this long, um, and in, you know, Title Blades is doing it. In fact, we're going to be at a point where there's going to be too many tabletop RPGs. Um, but well, did you see the Wendy's tabletop? Yes, RPG? We, we talked, talked about, about that. that right? Yeah. 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 That was that thing was really well done for being a joke that they put yeah. together. Like they put a lot of time into it. The fact the the idea that and Joe, if you're listening, I would love to play um, bunkers and BAs uh, if you ever want to get that going. If you ever have time again after having two children, um, uh, the fact that the the idea that I could create a character in the Borderlands universe right gets me so excited about how crazy I could make. A character 
and even potentially yeah. being a claptrap or in interacting with claptraps um just is such a really it's so genius of them and the fact that they're going to use like tiny tina's like um sense of humor and it's basically the game she created it's not like a serious like i mean it was a serious person who sat down and wrote it but they're doing it in like tongue-in-cheek kind of way so there's no way it's not going to be over the top and hilarious and if you played like that's my favorite dlc from borderlands 2 it was like just random stuff will just happen to you so that could be really cool in a tabletop rpg element where like the dungeon master's like uh yeah and then a dragon comes out of the sky or you open a loot chest and it has a dynamite in it like the amount of crazy things that could happen uh it's very um appealing i'll say yeah it's interesting because uh nerdvana games is who's working on it in conjunction with leader games which is crazy uh, who are the yeah who are the folks who are known (laughs) for root and vast and oath which just funded not too long ago on kickstarter uh, so they work in the conjunction to bring this all out. Uh, I do think it's funny that uh, <laughs> the name of the person running the game is called the Bunker Master. So they're the BM, oh. <laughs> <laughs> which is funny. That is funny. Uh, yep. I think that's funny. And yeah, it, it seems very loaded with the feel of Borderlands when just reading through the pages that they shared and, and going. And if you look at pre-ordering, you can pre-order it now. It comes out, I think, in a week. Um, so just or just a few days from when you're hearing this, but yeah, those kind of kind of out of left field it seemed like, and I thought you'd be really excited about it. So yes, not to mention we also got news that anyone who owns Borderlands Three, oh yeah, will get a next gen upgrade on the yeah. console they currently own it for. So mm-hmm. maybe I will actually play Borderlands Three now because there's no launch games for the Xbox Series X. <laughs> that's not true they paid other people to move their games uh, i can't i have no idea if they paid people but i'm sure they at least talked to people about moving yeah. their games i don't think assassin's creed just magically got moved right you know but that's okay so. i tweeted i tweeted out at, at control at remedy um just just be like hey look <laughs> look at this you can't do it <laughs> well i that was gonna be one of my stories this week and it it didn't end up being um one of my stories but just the fact that you know, 505 said, yeah, there's no way we can upgrade control. And then lo and behold, some people accidentally got the ultimate uh, deluxe edition um, awarded to them by having by having or the ultimate edition, whatever the new one is called, yeah. by having purchased the deluxe edition before. <laughs> <Oops>. So whoops. <laughs> apparently you could have done that if you wanted to. But never mind. That's fine. But then anyway, it was immediately revoked. It was revoked. Anything else about Ascension or Borderlands that you want to chat about? Uh, actually watching the Gearbox panel worked against their favor because it reminded me how Borderlands 3 was like my biggest disappointment last year. So yeah. I'm really hoping to revisit it. Uh, it sounds like they've made a lot of improvements to the game since I played it. I don't know that that's going to capture what I thought was missing, which was the, right. uh, the game story itself, but who knows? Uh, yeah, and Ascension. Check it out. 20 bucks. Keep your eyes out uh, for Ascension Eternal because um, that's a game series that I will always wholeheartedly um, promote. Absolutely. Very cool. All right, Josh. So my first topic is related to something that honestly always was a little confusing to me, and now we have some clarity on it. 
Uh, and that's over on the wonderful site, Board Game Geek. They have a geek rating for every game. And I was always really confused because they have the geek rating and then the user rating. And those scores are always different. And I never understood, Josh, what the difference between those scores were or how they got to those scores. And like, why in the world are they different? Well, a very enterprising, smart person, uh, Nathan Wise Guy History on YouTube, uh, created basically a breakdown of how the BGG rating and ranking system works. The video is about 20 minutes. There's a lot of math in it. So at the end, it gets very, very mathy. But the layman's term breakdown or the super, I guess, basic way to think about it is that ostensibly every game gets 1,500 or roughly 1,500 ratings of 5.5 automatically. So then... Every rating in addition to that then is trying to pull the score either up or down from that 5.5 average that exists. So games that are ranked extremely highly, you will notice, and kind of what he points out is that games that are ranked extremely highly, you'll notice have tens and tens and tens of thousands of votes. Whereas you'll see other games who have many fewer votes, but have extremely high user ratings, user ratings of 8.5, their geek rating still might only be like a 5.4 because there's so many of those just generic, you know, 1500 or so, 1470 or whatever the number is of 5.5 ratings. That is just, it takes so many ratings to pull a game out and get a game to either raise or lower, you know, in the rankings as a result of that. So we're not going to go into the whole, like, all the math and all the good stuff he does. I do encourage you to check out the video if you are at all interested. Again, it's uh, Nathan Wise Guy History on YouTube. Uh, but, Josh, I asked you to watch the video. Mm-hmm. And you got to the mathy <laughs> part, which was fine. You got the general gist of it. I was really shocked. I never knew how they got to this. I didn't know that game started with all these general 5.5 rankings. So now that you know that, what are your thoughts? BGG's ranking system, is that the right way to do it? Well, it's funny because at first he was like, hey, check out this game. It has this score. And look at this one. And it has the score. And But it was like, yeah, but there's 25,000 more votes for that other game. That's why it's higher. Right. So originally I didn't really know where he was going, but... He kind of just threw dummy votes out there, like with, before explaining them, and I was like, "Dummy votes, okay? Where, where's this? Ha- what's going to happen?" <laughs> it's like a like a dramatic scene in a film. Dummy votes? That doesn't sound good. Uh, so yeah, he said, "Was it fifteen hundred dummy votes? Yeah, like fifteen hundred, fourteen seventy, yeah. like right in that ballpark. at, at five point five. Which so originally it didn't seem so bad to me. Uh, it seemed like because you're trying to maybe like control." An average, like, so games don't just, like, like what we see in Metacritic, like, bombing mm-hmm. or, like, positively or negatively. Um, but then it, it just really became this tall, bigger and bigger anthill that you had yeah. to get over as a board game. And if you are not um, a big board game company, that's a even harder hill mm-hmm. to hurdle. Uh, so it seems like... I don't know. I I get. I originally get the idea why they they did it, but it doesn't seem favorable to the smaller studios. If you hear that's my cat eating her food with a cone on her head. So just <laughs> enjoy funny. the enjoy that was. sound. Um. Uh. So I don't. I don't know. I don't know the right answer. It just doesn't seem. It seems overwhelmingly against smaller games. And the fact mm-hmm. that like if you look at 
Not only that, but it, you also need at least 30 reviews. But right. you have 30 reviews against 1,500 reviews. Yeah. That's nothing. That's right. not, you might as well not even require 30. You should require 300 reviews or yeah. 600 reviews. Like, or maybe just put in eight, like 600, 5.5, <laughs> like for the geek rating. <laughs> right. I think really what it made me think is, is I probably w- wouldn't use the geek rating anymore. Um, Mm-hmm. Because at least with the user uh, reviews, it's a little bit more honest. And I'm not accusing them of being dishonest. It's just right. it's just their formula to to maintain, like, I guess, fair rating system in their mind. Yeah. I mean, it prevent like, review bombs would be very, very hard to do. Yeah, well, unless they got, you know, 3,000 people to do it. <laughs> well, even then, you have 3,000 people who do it, but uh, that's still you know, 4,500 total vote. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, that's true. Yeah. yeah. You have to have a lot of people and the games that have the most ratings, you know, are 30, 40, 50, 60, thousand, thousand, yeah. 600,000, <laughs> you know? So yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's very interesting that they do that. Um, I wonder if other, like if Metacritic or the people took that formula and used it, if that would help them or hurt them. Yeah. It's it's an interesting way to do it. And like you said, I 100% kind of get the reasoning behind it. But I do wonder if there should be some sort of sliding scale that per number of user votes you get, there's X number of quote unquote dummy votes. Right. That caps uh, at, you know, the 1500 or whatever. Right. Um, just because like you said, yeah, if you have, and in the video, he does a really good job of showing that sometimes, you know, games have to have close to 10,000 votes. To really, when you start seeing the difference between the user rating and what their geek rating is, it's sometimes up to 10,000 votes where you actually start really seeing a, the game pull towards or get a geek rating closer to uh, the user rating. And that's a lot. Like you said, that's a, if you're a small publisher you know, and you're trying to get on the hotness or something like that, like that's a lot of uh, reviews to have to get for your game. And there's a lot of games on there that had really great user reviews that are buried that people are just never going to find. Yeah. Some of them because, don't even have a geek rating yet. Yeah. And, and it's interesting. And at the same time, I can see where if I made a game and I got all my friends to create a BGG account and rate the game a 10, you know, and I get my friends and family and we get to a, a you know, 100 or 200 <laughs> vote, you know, ratings, that probably isn't a super accurate one either. So like I said, I understand the, the rationale for why it's there. And apparently there's other additional secrets that they do to do this. This yeah. is just one of the things that's done. Uh, but, you know, it it does seem super detrimental to small games. Because, uh, yeah, like if you look at and but then it becomes, well, are the games that are in the top 100 there because they're good? Or they're there because, you know, how did the word of mouth start? Where did it come from? Right. Like, if a game is good enough, can it just break through all of that? And maybe it can. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I did take one posit- one good thing away from the video. I don't want to say positive because it was not – it wasn't negative. Uh, I did find out there was a spa on the board game, which I am now uh, <laughs> looking at on eBay, which isn't uh, unaffordable. Uh, sealed. So I might have to add that to my oh. collection and not open it. <laughs> I wonder if it's more rare than Super Mario 3D All Stars. Well, which is already sold out in many places physically, so it's not even out yet. Well, I mean, I'll... yay, secondary market. <laughs> I can buy it on eBay, so it's definitely 
already is more more readily available <laughs> for a good price i mean for a fair price yeah absolutely awesome so like i said just a, a an interesting video go check it out if you want to uh, but just kind of a little insight into how those bgg rankings work uh you know in the board game world they pretty much are the end all be all at this point there's really no other you know there is no open critic there is no metacritic you know there is no like big site that people are like oh here are game of the years and everyone goes to it and says this is the right one other than maybe the dice tower um so it really kind of comes down to what bgg says and that's a little insight into how they get their geek ratings so cool nice josh what is your second topic (sighs) i inappropriately yawned before it because it is not yawn worthy uh so yeah i mean we would be crazy to not talk about xbox news right we had um a leak that was basically um very well handled uh, pe- obviously, people are going, it's a control leak. They did it on purpose. I just don't think in this case, in this climate, I don't think it was a controlled leak. <laughs> yeah, and they have, and granted, who knows for all this stuff, but there have been people in the know who said, no, this was not a uh, leaked on purpose. Yeah, so, so uh, Microsoft dropped, like just jumped right on it. So uh, essentially what happened was late, oof, I don't know, Tuesday, Monday, Monday night, because our podcast came out the day that yeah, all the info came, came out. Yeah, I was like, come oh, um, as always. It dropped late, late uh, Monday night. Some uh, Someone posted uh, basically uh, all the details on the Xbox Series S, the console that mm-hmm. they Microsoft hadn't even acknowledged being a thing. Wor- right. Worst kept secret in the world, but <laughs> yes. um, uh, they hadn't acknowledged it yet. So we had about, I would say... Almost a full day of Xbox S hype. And then Microsoft was like, okay, I guess we're just going to let you know that also here's the price for the X and yep. here's the specs and yep. here's the deets. And oh, also we're adding EA All Access, or as you now know, as EA Play to Game Pass, to the Game Pass library. And that's for regular game pass not just ultimate like if you have a game pass subscription they haven't told us when we're getting ea play games um but sometime i'm gonna guess before the end of this year uh, i think they said winter or end of this yeah. holiday type of thing yeah so well we us as game pass subscribers will have access to the EA Play library, not only that, but you're also getting access to the 10-hour trials that come out 10 days before new releases Indeed. at no additional cost, which is the big part, right? Um, that almost overshadows the S and X news if you are using your console for Game Pass, which is really what to- they're pushing. Right. And to clarify, I think you do have to be a Game Pass Ultimate or Game Pass PC subscriber. Oh, is it PC? Because I, yeah, because yep. they were talking about in the Discord that they thought it was just regular Game Pass. Yeah, I think it's Game Pass Ultimate or Game Pass PC. Okay. So that makes sense. I mean, to have Game Pass Ultimate anyways, it makes, well, right. actually it doesn't make sense, right? If you don't have a PC, you don't need Ultimate. But now you might want to get it. Yeah, I mean, I have Ultimate <laughs> even though, because I guess in theory I could use it on my PC, though yeah. I never have. Yeah. But. Uh, so what do we have? We have the price for the S. We're looking at two ninety nine, yep. and the price, price for the X is four ninety nine. Also Both great price, great prices. Um, and of course, Microsoft comes out swinging with their Xbox All Access plan slash program mm-hmm. that has come out, uh, which 
very much mimics a cell phone plan. Yeah. Um, I think in the best ways possible, if it's right for for the people who want this. So we were just talking like uh, on Discord, at least I was like, I had some unfortunate life events come up where I had to use my next gen console money to mm-hmm. pay for certain things. And I was like, oh, shoot, I'm not going to be able to get a next gen console. Well, that might not be the case. Now it's just subject mm-hmm. to availability, right? Right. So if I can get to an X, I can do it. Like I can get two, 24 months for the S, it's $24.99 a month. Mm-hmm. For the X, it's $34.99 a month. And that includes a subscription to Game Pass Ultimate, which will get you EA Play, it'll get you Game Pass, it'll get you X Cloud. Um, all for that price. And uh you know, you're not spending extra money, but you're not losing money. You're actually saving about ten bucks a month, I think, as someone did the math on what you yeah. would normally pay outright, uh, which is really great. And you own your console at the end, which is great because some of the rumors about the older um, thing was like, well, you know, you might not, you might have to trade it in or whatever. It was a little muddy um, right. for the old all access thing. Um, right. But now that Microsoft is closing their stores, <laughs> you don't have to worry about that. <laughs> Who am I going to give it to? So you said you th- you said it while saying it like you think the prices look good. Is this yeah. more uh, enticing to you? Less enticing? Doesn't move the meter at all? Where are you sitting on the the announcements? Well, I mean, it, for me, it's I think it is a good price for both of the consoles. Uh, but for me, who has an Xbox One X, I I don't know why at this point I would trade that in or get rid of that console for either of these consoles. Um, and that's just, you know, right now, now in a year, that might be a very different story or in two years, that might be a very different story. But for how often I use my Xbox, there's really no reason for me personally to, uh, to make a change. However, with that being said, I think if you are someone who is either a looking at getting into the world of console gaming, or if you're already into, you know, Nintendo or PlayStation, it's, you know, getting an S at 300 bucks is a pretty great aura 25 bucks a month is a pretty good value proposition yeah um and, and really is going to give you access to a lot of uh really good games for at a really reasonable price uh if you're on pc you might as well it seems like you might as well just get game pass on pc like i don't know that there's a really compelling reason to pick one of these up unless you want to have it on your television as well i guess maybe yeah you know like uh, so yeah but i think you know and i i had talked about this in our discord you know, uh, Xbox has really positioned themselves very, very well for this next generation. Um, you know, there is a lot of hype surrounding what they're doing about their programs, about their services, about their their console, which, you know, we're talking about how they don't really care if people buy, but clearly, you know, they're willing to lose <laughs> a ton of money yeah. on them uh, because that has also come out that they're definitely losing money on both of these consoles quite a bit on the S, it sounds like. Um, but realistically, like, ooh, unless you're someone who has a really nice TV, I really don't know why you'd get an X. Yeah, Don, Donnie went out and bought one <laughs> so he could really take advantage of it. Right. And then I was like, oh, oh, look, I can get one too with Amazon Payments and it wouldn't put me out either. So like, I could upgrade my TV. <laughs> yeah. But I'm not going to do it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I told my wife about it and she's like, can, can the human eye even see 120 frames per second? I was like, I know there's a limit. I'm not sure what that number is, but... <laughs> yeah. 
Well, there there are all of these little memes and things out that are running right now that show or gifs if you want to look at them this way that show like something running at 15 frames a second, something running at 30, 60, 120. I like I can see the difference between 30 and 60 if I really look at it. Yeah. But like 60 and 120, I can't. Yeah. Maybe it's different and probably playing it it might feel different but in just looking at it on the screen i'm like i really can't tell the difference between those two but i'm also old and don't have perfect eyes right so maybe they look really different <laughs> i don't know but even i'm getting to the point where 30 and 60 like i could tell the difference between but i have played enough 30 fps games that i i they, like 30 frames per second games don't feel bad to me they never really have um and i know there are people who disagree and that's totally fine and i obviously prefer games to run at 60 but i don't i don't have this off put sense when i play games that are if there's a solid 30 frames um i don't feel put off by them yeah so yeah yeah no i know devin's one of those people who definitely sees the difference in it um i try to see it but (laughs) you know i mean i'm playing avengers and it's it's become so glitchy recently i'm like frames aren't gonna help it's a processor that needs to be fixed (laughs) so Hopefully these consoles with these next-gen upgrades help fix these games that are really pushing the limits of what is available right now. <laughs> uh, really quick uh, for Avengers, I got I finished the campaign, but I when I got to uh, so spoilers, there's a final boss. Uh, when I got to the final boss fight, it was like a slideshow. Oh no! Like, like, it was so, like eventually it smoothed out, but when you first get to the area and you're like, "Oh, it's the big bad, whatever," it literally when all when the heroes were coming in, it was like a slideshow. It was so slow; it was really <laughs> bad. I didn't really experience any of that until end games content, but okay. after that, I I started experiencing it a lot. In fact, I've had to restart some checkpoints. Um, also, spoilers, not really. Uh, my Captain America has a, uh, permanent, um, face glitch. It oh, hasn't really? changed every time he is on screen talking, whether, uh, in a non CG animation, uh-huh. he does that thing where like when his, when he talks, his mouth inverts into itself and his eyes pop out of his skull Oh, and it just gosh. doesn't change. It hasn't changed. I was like, well, my wife was watching. She's like, that is that? <laughs> What's going on? I was like, I'm sure it'll fix it when I turn the console off and turn it back on. No, it's just permanently like, if he yeah. looks one way, his eye literally pops out of his skull. And <laughs> remember when Assassin's Creed just got hammered for that? Yeah, it's basically Assassin's Creed yeah. Unity. <laughs> yeah. So it's been yeah. unfortunate the bugs post campaign, <laughs> but at least I didn't get them in the campaign. So I got to take the good with the bad. Yeah. But yeah, so we'll get that upgrade on PS5, hopefully. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, so that's our Xbox news. I mean, obviously, if people want to hear more about the Series X, I would encourage them to check out um, on the PSVG podcast network. The Xbox Empire actually did two uh, podcasts uh, during that week. Uh, the, did they do three? Uh, they did. Uh, I don't know if that was a joke in Discord, if it actually oh, okay. happened. I know that they covered the S, um, yes. Donnie Achankapri from the Xbox Drive on. Um, they talked Which, about the S. Donnie is the best Xbox podcast. Yeah, I mean on the internet, they're killing it. Xbox I'm just saying, as though if you're going to pick one, I guess that's the one you're supposed to pick, not the PSVG. One. Well, I say according to the founder of PSVG, if you get the PSVG one, you also get Sean from the Drive. So technically, <laughs> that episode is the best Xbox episode. 
that you can oh, okay. get. Just saying, this Best is what Donnie said words. on Twitter. <laughs> and, uh, just passing on. And then uh, Kevin uh, and Donnie covered the Series X uh, announcement and some other things as well. So yeah, check out Xbox Empire if you're interested in more in-depth detail on the consoles that, that we really didn't dive into. So real quick, uh, there's been obviously a rumor going around for some time um, that has come up again, you know, now that all this stuff has come out. And we saw a lot of release dates move to now coincide with Xbox's release dates for the console. Uh, there's this rumor that Xbox is spending or Microsoft is spending a lot of money on something that isn't an acquisition uh, yes. to help drive people to their console. So most people are assuming it has something to do with some game coming to Game Pass. Right. Um, <laughs> most common things being Destiny 2 now forever in all future this will be on Game Pass yeah. so all future expansions etc uh, obviously the other big one that people are ho- really hoping for is Cyberpunk I can't even imagine the size check that would have to be to get Cyberpunk on Game Pass I think you did imagine it in the comments it was like 600 no, million did. dollars I, <laughs> I, I did I think Donnie oh, or someone did. else like, was like well here's what it probably have to be yeah. and it was, it was so, hundreds of millions of dollars which Seems pretty ridiculous because at that point you're that's like multiple studios you could acquire. Yeah. You know? So <laughs> but what do you think it is? What do you think would be the one last thing that they would be trying to do to drive people to purchase a new Xbox or at the very least get into Game Pass and all of their services this fall? Well, it's not gonna be Cyberpunk. I I can tell you that <laughs> definitively. Sean Capri is on something. I don't know what he is thinking, that he thinks that Cyberpunk's coming to Game Pass. Uh, Must be all that Canadian maple syrup. Uh, Oh, Canadian maple (laughs) syrup is so good, though. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, we got Vermont right above us. That's probably, in my opinion, the best maple syrup. No, that's good, too. That's good, too. uh, Yeah, I don't know. Honestly, I can't think of anything that big, right? Like, Destiny would be big, but wouldn't that be like heartbreaking for destiny like the studio that just fought so hard to get away from this big corporation to go essentially in a in a way sign with another big corporation i know they're not really like they don't they're not going to be owned by microsoft but right it just seems like it would be a that would have to be a big check also it have to be a big but check. it just seems like it's so anti everything they've been saying over the past year I mean, it, well, it could happen. I wouldn't. I wouldn't look down on them for it. I just think it. It's like you're rooting for the little guy, and they're not so little. But like no, in the grand scheme, in the grand scheme of things, like with a, with like Activision, Microsoft, Sony, all these people like above them, like essentially vying for position with them or over them, they're they're still the little guy. Like the Bungie's only done Destiny now. It's not like they're still doing Halo. Well, supposedly. They got a pretty big investment from Tencent, and they're working oh. on another game, well, supposedly. Tencent is investing in everyone. <laughs> Everybody, I know. <laughs> I think it was Tencent who invested a whole bunch in them, um, and they're working on another game, uh, is my understanding, in addition to Destiny yeah. 2. I, you know, if you think about it, when Destiny was still tied to Activision, they got some money from PlayStation. Yeah. Then they got out of the Activision deal. They got some money from Google. Yeah. You know, it might seem reasonable at this point to if, if they need that with how because the rumors are that that team is 500, 700 people, something oh like my. that is what Bungie is. That's a yeah, lot of people. Like, it's, a po- <laughs> it's huge. So they might need that money, right? If they, it was like, hey, we will guarantee you X amount of year just to keep Destiny 2 and all the content. Maybe you do a fun little thing, you know, that's just for Game Pass people, you know, for the X, X, next X number of years, we'll guarantee you X amount of millions. 
Like that would have to be at least enticing, right? When you have that many people that you're responsible for. I'm sure it's enticing, right? For anyone. Are we even sure that this is a Xbox thing and it's not a Game Pass PC thing? What if it's like World of, I mean, World of Warcraft coming to Game Pass? That's I, That could be too. That definitely, that would be interesting. That'd be super interesting. Or like a deal with Blizzard for Game Pass. Because they were, yeah, they were, I, they, they just lost uh, Destiny off of um, the Blizzard off of the, service. The, the, yeah, their launcher. Or, you know, it could be something with Steam, too. Yeah, it could be Steam. Yeah. It could be Half-Life 3. <laughs> Let's get that rumor out there. <laughs> Might as well go there. You know, at, at this point, I think it's safe to say when it comes to Microsoft, nothing would really surprise me at this point. Yeah, I mean, they're capable of Because it could be just about anything. anything. Yeah. Yeah, it could really do just about anything, and they're willing to spend money, significant money, on things right now. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm just interested to find out what it is. You know, Jeff Grubb saying it's a thing, Imran Khan saying it's a thing. <laughs> Jeff Grubb, um, so, the new the internet's new like <laughs> information guy. <laughs> yeah, well, like I said, Imran Khan is is on the same page as him, so they're saying something's happening. So we'll have to see what that something is if it comes to fruition, because obviously deals can break down. So awesome. All right. So my second story, Josh, is connected a little bit to this all this Xbox news, and it comes to you know GameStop, and probably unsurprisingly, GameStop is is struggling a little bit. Uh, this is from the folks over at ICV2. GameStop sales down twenty seven percent. They closed two hundred plus stores during the quarter. Um, reading from Milton Gripe over there again at ICV2 quote. GameStop sales declined 26.7% to $942 million in its quarter two, ending August 1st, compared to $1.286 million in the same quarter last year the company reported in its quarterly report. There were several factors driving the sales decline, starting with the closure of 206 stores. So, interesting thing to know, as of the end of quarter two, the company operated 5,122 stores worldwide, down 602 from a year ago. So it's not all bad news. Uh, their e-commerce sales were up 800% from the same period a year ago. But if your e-commerce sales grow 800% <laughs> and you still lose 20 and your sales are still down 27%, I'm guessing e-commerce was not a huge portion of your business beforehand. Right. You know, but that's good. So that's good for them. Um, you know, I have to imagine that a lot of that e-commerce stuff was about, uh, hey, we closed a whole bunch of stores and you can't come to our to buildings. To stores. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah. So, like I said, they're looking at um, closing more stores as it is. Um, they call it store de-densification. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> yes, I think we can all relate to having three to four game subs oh within gosh, twenty yeah. miles can, of our houses. <laughs> yeah, I have two that are very close to me. So, and they're both still there actually. Um, but one thing that is interesting that ties to everything for or a lot of what we talk about too: collectible sales, which include tabletop games, took a big hit, down a third from 172.5 million in uh, FQ2 2019 to 113.9 million in Q2 2020. So, yeah, GameStop looking that it's still going to be um still in trouble. Uh investors didn't really like all these numbers uh as their stock declined 15% the day after it was announced. Josh, how much past new console releases will GameStop still be a thing? I don't know. They're closing 400 more stores. Um, 
That's a lot of stores. That is a lot of stores. Uh, I just, I haven't gone to a GameStop in a long time. In fact, you talked about the board games. Uh, I've only gone into GameStops recently because of their board game clearance. Because they've been dropping uh, their board games in like 50% because they, they're not moving them. Right. So, um, they're, for me, and I don't want to speak for everyone, but every time I go into a GameStop, either they're not engaged with me as a customer, they're too engaged with one specific customer, mm-hmm. and they're not, they, they don't, the lines don't move. It's one per no. one rep and 15 yeah. people. And the other person who should be ringing is filing free owned games. Um, they're very pushy. And I know what that's like having worked for EB games when it used to be a thing before GameStop bought them, uh, and Best Buy. Like I get it. Uh, it's just the atmosphere for me now, and I'm not sure if I aged out of the GameStop atmosphere. Maybe the kids, younger kids don't care. Uh, but it's not customer focused anymore, at least the way that I think it should be. I just don't right. enjoy going in there. I don't get like, yeah. and I don't want to talk to you for 25 minutes about Tony Hawk Pro Skater. I don't, I want to go home. <laughs> so I think that that that's part of, of somewhat of the problem. Uh, another part is like they're profitable based off of pre-owned, um, product mm-hmm. and, if you look at their digital sales, like you said, like there's a reason for that. One, they've been closed. Yeah. They were closed for five months out of the year. Yeah. But two, like everyone's going, not everyone, a lot of people are going digital now. And yep. GameStop just kind of doesn't work for, for digital. Um, and it's kind of like the death of Suncoast Video. It took Suncoast Video six years to die. But people yep. eventually realized, I don't need this anymore. There's other thing yeah. places to go and, and then FYE and all these places that sell like Best Buy doesn't even sell CDs anymore. I know, like right? it's just going away. And unfortunately for GameStop, like they're they're gonna transition to an online only company. They have to to be profitable, which means you know the boxes are going away. Uh it, it stinks when anyone loses their job. Absolutely. Period. So them closing 400 stores is like devastating, especially with unemployment rate being what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, they're also struggling to stay relevant more so than <laughs> successful. GameStop yeah. needs to be somewhere people think of when they buy games. Mm-hmm. And I know that it's a place people think of when they think pre-order, right? Where are you pre-ordering your console? Yeah. GameStop. Okay, I get that. Like, that's a thing. Because... Before this gen, it was like GameStop or Best Buy. Those are the only places you could pre-order. Yeah. But now yeah. Walmart, Target, everyone's pre-ordering these consoles. So there's that little company called Amazon. Amazon, I guess you could pre-order yeah. from them. Yeah. So um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's just too competitive of a market for them, uh, and they're more they're becoming when they with the Think Geek thing, they really turn their stores into like hot topics. You walk into a, a GameStop, the games are on the walls, but they're in the back of the store. You're immediately bombarded with statues, clearance t-shirts, collectibles, puzzles, and board games. And while board games is cool with me, everything else I'm not in GameStop (laughs) for. So I think it's like they're just like losing their identity but while they're trying to stay successful. Right. Well, Josh, you know, 
it could be worse. On the plus side, you know, sales were down 27%, but they were down 34% in the previous quarter. So they're not down as bad as they were. Yay. Um, <laughs> and they only lost $111.3 million this quarter, which last year... In the same quarter, they lost $415 million. Oh So really, things are just all looking up. I mean, that is a positive turn, honestly, <laughs> business-wise. Yeah. Because I could have went the other way for them. <laughs> it, it could. I, like, I do think, obviously, with new consoles coming out in a couple months, they will get uh, a little shot of adrenaline that they need. But they're really going to have to take that time when people are now reinvested in going to a GameStop to pick something up to win people back. And how are they going to do that? Uh, especially since two of the four consoles they're going to be selling, you can't install, you can't put a disc into. Right. <laughs> so interesting. Anyway, GameStop holding on as best they can, but things do not seem to be turning around too significantly. But hey, like you said, not as bad as they have been. So we'll see. Who knows what the future holds. <laughs> Josh, what is your next topic? Okay, so we're in the world where pop culture is king again, uh, or at least nerd culture is, and we're seeing uh, all of these documentaries pop up, right? And uh, they're all centered around video games and board games and tabletop. Um, So finally, we have what I guess is heralded as the best video game book. Um, it is a good book. written called Console Wars by Blake Harris. Uh, mm-hmm. Essentially, the subtitle of it is Sega versus Nintendo in the battle that defined a generation. Uh, it has been, I guess, co-opted. It is being developed as a documentary by Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg, kings of geek currently, um, to make a series. I believe it's a series. Yeah, a script. A script uh, they're doing a documentary. They're also doing a scripted series based on the book. Right. Which is actually, yeah. I think, more exciting to me, uh, I, I think, because there's so much that they can add and embellish on and 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 make. Uh, so, yes, that is the big news and the good news. The bad news, I guess, is uh, it was bought by CBS All Access, which means you will not be viewing this. Unless no. you have a subscription to CBS All Access, or I mean, you could always sign up for the free trial and then watch it. You're just gonna have to wait until it's out. I do have a CBS All Access subscription. Yes, you do. So I will be able to watch this. Um, but yeah, I think it's exciting, uh, mostly because we're you know we're keeping video games in the in the spotlight, and it's more content for us, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's a bummer, but when you put your, when you, when you put your thing up for sale, anyone can buy it. And in this world of digital, sorry, GameStop, uh, you have all these different people who have digital services and, you know, CBS All Access is trying to get more viewers. And this is a way for them to get a younger demographic while simultaneously getting an older demographic. You get the right. video game audience, but then, I mean, I think in my head, console wars, the 30, 40, 50 somethings are going to want to watch this more than the teens. <laughs> probably true. Probably true. Which I, <laughs> yeah, I'm probably never going to see this since it's on CBS All Access. So well, that's too bad I'll send, for me. I'll send you my login. You can watch it. <laughs> well, and who, I mean, if, well, if this just got bought now, what are we thinking? 
2022? Well, it depends, right? So what happens sometimes is um, sometimes these things are already made and then they bring them to festivals and sell them. That's true. So it could it could already be made. Like the trailer has a lot of footage. Oh, that's true. I bet the documentary is done, but probably not the scripted series. I'm, yeah, there's no way the scripted yeah. series is done because that's going to require people to be in within six feet of each other. Uh, mm-hmm. So that probably is probably starting now. But my guess is, I don't even know that they they aren't clear. There's there's a possibility that because this was bought in 2014, the rights to yeah, the documentary. So um, it's very possible that it, it was already made. But I will find out, I guess, in the next coming months, uh, just we how far will. along it is. Indeed. But I'm excited. I like the book. The book was good. So I'm always down for, as we know about me, I'm always down for <laughs> a documentary. Yeah, you are. So. Awesome. All right. My final topic is Ubisoft Forward uh-huh. had their second episode, I guess, <laughs> um, is what you could call it. So thought we'd just talk a little bit about that, what we saw, what we didn't see, things we liked, things we didn't like, all those good things. Uh, interestingly enough, the before the event started, a couple hours before the event, uh, Ubisoft released a statement from Yves Gaumont, uh, their <laughs> president slash CEO, Talking about all the challenges and all of the um, difficulties and accusations and things against you know Ubisoft and people who worked at the studio and all that good stuff, uh, and they didn't tie it to this presentation. They released the video ahead of time, and then when asked about it, we're like, "Oh yeah, you know, because of running time, we we can't include it. <laughs> running time to, as determined by who? Right. Also, like, there was plenty <laughs> they could have cut out of this to put that in there. <laughs> it just like. I don't know. I definitely think it's something that should have been included in the presentation. Yeah. But if you're going to tell me that you're, you can't or you don't want to, just tell me you're not going to. Don't make up this excuse that, oh, well, with running time. but No. Because you were literally streaming something on YouTube and Twitch. It's not like they were going to cut you off at X time, yeah. right? It's not like there's a sound ordinance for a concert that you have to be done by 11 or whatever. This is complete. This is so stupid. And a bad look. A really, really bad look. <laughs> so anyway with that out of the way uh so they had a pre-show hey to start with josh did you watch this at all i did watch it i didn't watch the pre-show though okay so the pre-show was updates basically on games that already exist um so they talked about some updates for the division two uh they're doing uh, some far cry vr stuff uh roller champions which was that game that was first shown (laughs) at e3 like last year i think got an update uh ghost recon breakpoint josh's favorite game is getting an update does it make the game better? I don't. I have no <laughs> idea. I mean, I assume that's what they're trying to do with uh, Reddit Patriot. So it's a new game. Uh, the crew, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> the crew two, um, a game of space, Just Dance twenty twenty one, For Honor, all got updates about future content. I will say, no matter how hard of a time we are giving Ubisoft right now, which I I do genuinely believe they deserve to get a hard time right now. Uh, the fact that they're still supporting games like The Division 2, yes. Ghost Recon Breakpoint, The Crew 2, for Honor. Just Dance, For Honor. The fact that they still are pumping content out for the people who love those games, I think is pretty cool. Uh, they do this, I think, better than anyone right now, really, at supporting their games for a very long time uh, post, post-launch. post uh, So it's nice to see that. But then the show kicked off with a look at... Immortals Phoenix Rising, what used to be known as Gods and Monsters, has a new name. 
And we got some gameplay and a pretty long look at it, including at the end of the show, then a pretty long in-depth look at the game. Hmm. Josh, this is one of those games that when it was first announced, I was pretty interested in. Um, But now seeing more of it, I'm kind of curious, what are you thinking about Immortals Phoenix Riding, which coming December 3rd, so right around the corner. I'm trying to decide what my thoughts are. (laughs) Okay. Uh, It looks looks good, like graphically. It looks impressive. It looks fun. Mm -hmm. But man, like if you ever cloned a game I really don't like, this is the one. (laughs) Uh, So I just, I don't know that I'm in on this one. Um, Just, I'm so bummed that it has all the gods, it has a lot of cool combat and moves, but if you don't look at this and see Breath of the Wild, I don't know what is wrong with your eyes. Get corrective lenses. Right. <laughs> and that yeah. that's just not for me. Like, unfortunately, um, and fortunately, like, Breath of the Wild proved to me, like, this is beyond my limit of my enjoyment for games. Like, mm-hmm. um, it's just too open for me. And this looks right. just as open, if not more. Um, now, it does definitely has a, de- a better way in my mind for traversal of the environment. Um, with um, I'm going to assume it's Icarus's wings. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I don't know. I'll, I'll wait to see. I mean, I guess I don't have to wait to see, right? Because basically after this happened, every content creator um, on YouTube released their 30-minute playthrough of the game so they basically yep. reached out to every content creator yeah and said like hey play our game and then you can release it as soon as this is announced so um i watched a few streamers i watched um trisha hershberger i watched alana pierce and i watched someone else play it just to kind of get an idea mm-hmm. of like the game and i got i got the full idea i know what this game is right. um i'm excited for the breath of the wild fans because this is Breath of the Wild in like Greek mythology, which is great. Yeah, very cool. Uh, there's going to be a demo on Stadia, so Josh, you can dust <laughs> off that Stadia subscription. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, like I said, coming third, this coming December third to current gen stuff um, and next gen stuff as well. Stadia. And there is a free upgrade from current gen to next gen if you buy on uh. current gen now and then upgrade later down the road when you aren't if you're not in on next gen day one, which. Ubisoft has been very, very good about. Uh, do you prefer the name Immortals Phoenix Rising or Gods and Monsters? I mean, Gods and Monsters is ten times much a better name. <laughs> right. And I would like this name better if it was either just Immortals or just Phoenix Rising. Yeah. But having it be Immortals Phoenix Rising, not such a fan. I don't like how they spell Phoenix. Yeah. Just spell it I proper. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, that's Immortals Phoenix Rising coming out December 3rd. So, Man, Ubisoft has a packed few next few months. Yeah. They really do between uh, Watch Dogs and Assassin's Creed Valhalla and then Immortals Phoenix Rising, a game we're about to talk about, and then <laughs> the Far Cry 6. How are we going to talk about this next game? <laughs> we are. Uh, that's five months in a row. They have a big kind of, well, bigger AAA-ish kind of game coming out. Uh, that one game we skipped, uh, Prince of Persia, the Sense of Time <laughs> remake. <laughs> Uh, so this is a full scale, as they say, a full scale remake of 2003's Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time, coming out to PlayStation 4 and Xbox One, and it'll be available 
um, on PS5 and Xbox Series XS via backwards compatibility, but no like upgrades for it. It doesn't see. You don't need one. Oh, Josh. <laughs> what would the upgrade do? This game didn't look very good, right? <laughs> no, it looks terrible. It looks so oh, bad. Boy. It actually, I would argue, with the new textures, looks worse than the original game. <laughs> I think it might, too. Like... It makes it's it looks. I mean, I know it's alpha, right? We probably shouldn't be as hard as we are on it. Um, right. But what they showed, they were so excited about the texture pack or overlay or whatever they're using makes everything look worse. It looks. I don't want to say cartoony because it's. I don't even know that you could define it as that. It's undefinable. It makes it right. look like worse. I don't know. That's the only thing I can say. <laughs> Um, in fact, I kept watching, they kept showing like the videos of like original, new, but they would never show the same scene in the, right. between the two. So I was like, okay, I guess you're going to leave it up to me to figure out the difference. And making a game shinier doesn't make it better. I guess that's what I want to say right. about that. Just, just because it's everything is glistening and shiny doesn't mean the game looks better. Sorry, Ubisoft. I love you guys. This is a mistake. <laughs> right. Yeah, and part of me understands because they are rebuilding. If you They did an interview that you can read um, with the people working on the game, and they literally are rebuilding this from the ground up. They're not starting with any of the old assets because they don't have them. Uh, and this <laughs> is a, a team that has typically worked in a support role. They haven't done a lot of their own stuff before. So, and I'm not trying to make excuses, but I guess I kind of am. Um, it's just a very, I, you know, for having just given Nintendo a hard time for the amount of effort it seemed like was going into their remakes, I can't just say like, oh yeah, I guess good job, you know, <laughs> Ubisoft, this is good. Um, with how many really, really good remakes we've had in the last few years, um, unfortunately this game just does not seem to be living up to those ones as well. So, which is disappointing because I really liked sense of time. I thought it was a fun game. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. It was one of my favorite Prince of Persia games, but yeah, I shouldn't say absolutely. that it was, it was, it was cause like, that's like saying that's my favorite out of five games. It's just, yeah, it was a really big leap forward in story concept, the whole thing. And for its time, it looked great. Um, and I, like I know I like to get on people who like, really come down on on games and stuff because like obviously we 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 are very fortunate to play games like this so maybe i shouldn't be so hard on it but just kind of the way they came out with it and how highly they were praising it which is their job it it yeah. just wasn't matching what they were saying yeah the hype was not matching what we were seeing on screen right so uh, next, they talked about really briefly Rainbow Six Siege is doing a World Cup next summer. Anything you want to talk about there? No, they, it was like, I thought they showed like a clip of CG basketball. I guess it was real basketball, but I was like, what is this a basketball game? No, it's <laughs> not. It's it's just a appropriation of World Cup included with <laughs> Rainbow Six. <laughs> yeah, I will say the Overwatch World Cup, I, which I'm assuming is not happening this year because it typically happens in the fall right after Overwatch League wraps up. Um, but with everything going on in the world, I'm assuming they're not doing it because they usually bring people together from all of the countries to play. Yeah. Um, I love the Overwatch World Cup when it happens, though. So 
I think it's really fun. So I, I hope for folks who are fans of Rainbow Six Siege, especially professional Rainbow Six Siege, uh, I hope they get into this because, like I said, World Cup events are usually really, really fun when it comes to video games. Hmm. Um, next then was Hyperscape. Any Have you ever played this at all yet? I have played it, yes. I don't like Do you it. Like I it? don't like it. Okay, perfect. <laughs> I have nothing to say about it. Awesome. Next then was, I think, was for, at least in our Discord, the game that <laughs> most people were the most excited about. Scott Pilgrim versus the World, the game complete edition, coming out holiday 2020 on all the stuff. Josh, are you a Scott Pilgrim? Scott Pilgrim. Scott Pilgrim. Scott Pilgrim <laughs> fan. Did you play the game back in the day? I like, yes, I'm a Scott Pilgrim film fan. Um, I played the game. I didn't love the game. It's kind of like... I don't know. Maybe it came out when there were too many 8-bit games were out, which is always. Uh, right. Uh, it was fine. It's, you know, it, serviceable, as you say. Usually, like, that's I'm stealing that from you. It's a serviceable game. <laughs> what I didn't remember, which was brought up in our Discord, was the sordid past this game has. And then the fact that yeah. this is only being released digital is kind of crazy. Because yeah. it was, you know, why for a game that uh, just... Uh, became unavailable to everyone all of a sudden because why would you not put this game out physical (laughs) yeah uh but yeah i mean that's fine if you like beat-em-ups it's a beat-em-up uh if you like scott pilgrim you get the best of both worlds it includes you know the scott pilgrim story and it's great it's a fun story it's very comical now the humor doesn't translate so well to me over text uh yeah so it's really just a beat-em-up but it's fine. If you have more people to play with, it's better. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's okay. Yeah, it's pretty fun to beat them up overall. Uh, and it seems like the original creators of Scott Pilgrim aren't really involved with this at all. Yeah, which is probably why they're having like, yep. copyright issues. <laughs> <laughs> yep, Ubisoft is just... Th- 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 yep, they're doing it. So, uh, But yeah, people were pretty stoked about it because there's definitely a pretty strong cult following for this game. I think it's pretty fun. Uh, I never finished it, um, but you know, I would potentially look at jumping back into Scott Pilgrim, potentially. Uh, next, they just a little bit more on Watch Dogs Legion, talked about some of the music, um, talked about uh, Aiden Pierce, the protagonist from the first Watch Dogs, is going to be making an appearance and playable in the game. Uh, Josh, Watch Dogs Legion, yes, no on day one? No. Okay. Well, yes, no ever? <laughs> uh, I'm, I I want to see how the reviews come out. Like, I didn't mm-hmm. enjoy Watch Dogs 1. I tried Watch Dogs 2, I gave it a shot. I didn't enjoy it. Um, right. So I'm not sure why. Like, I, I know all the reasons why I should like it. So um, because it's basically Assassin's Creed, <laughs> but yeah. Watch Dogs. Uh, so we'll see. Maybe this will get me. I like the concept. I really like the ideas uh, that this game has going on for it. So um, if other people besides Kevin and Dev say it's great, I'll listen. Um, but I know that they're going to love it. Uh, and that's there's nothing wrong with that. It's just I know that like that's their thing, for sure. Uh, and yeah, Watch Dogs Legion kind of kicks off uh, the Ubisoft release thing here, October 29th, I believe, is the date for Watch Dogs Legion. And then you have October second, Creed Valh- Oh, October second, music video. Sorry. Oh yeah, I was like, I think the game comes out October 29th. <laughs> Uh, and then, yeah, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which got moved up now to November 10th. And then you have Immortals Phoenix Rising in December. And then you have Prince of Persia in January. And then you have Far Cry 6 in February. So Ubisoft kind of pumping some stuff out here. Uh, one of the game that is also coming in February uh, is this new game that they announced called Riders Republic. Yeah. Coming to pretty much everything coming out on February 25th, which I think is 
a week after Far Cry 6. Is that right? Or right in that same ballpark? I think so. Far Cry 6? Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> this game coming to pretty much everything. Uh, there's biking, skiing, snowboarding, wingsuiting. Of course. Uh, in some of the most popular national parks in the United States, it basically is a massive multiplayer online. Pull cool tricks, get down to the bottom of the mountain as fast as you can. Uh, they wanted to make another steep game, but didn't want to call it steep, I guess, and add extra stuff to it? Question mark? <laughs> yeah. Actually, my quote was, um, they didn't have the bleep to call it um, steep trials or <laughs> or <laughs> right <laughs> basically steep in trials having a baby uh yeah. another yeah another game that's gonna have a free next gen upgrade so if you buy it on the current gen console you'll be able to upgrade it for free uh you know <laughs> uh, do you have any interest in this game josh no uh <laughs> <laughs> if i'm being honest um really the whole trailer just screamed steep to me that's it and yeah. They just swung a mist for me on Steep, uh, and then they released four different versions of it, each costing more than the last, which really didn't entice me to spend more money on it. <laughs> right. So, um, I mean, like, again, another this is another wait and see. If it becomes, like, this cool, like, Battle Royale-style game, I might give it a shot, but um, really, I just didn't like the controls in Steep, and that's really everything in this trailer looked exactly like steep and i i really disliked the wingsuit controls and the snowboarding felt hollow um i just can't see that there is one thing they showed the mountain biking like the first person like doing the things you see like the youtube videos or documentaries like that did seem cool but i don't know if that was actual gameplay or if it was like simulated in game engine stuff so yeah, I was trying to decide if they were saying, kind of showing that you could do it first or third person. Yeah. So, yeah, I I appreciate their effort to try to do different things. I really do. I I I own Steep. I've never played it, but I own it on I think two platforms <laughs> uh, because of like PlayStation Plus and all that free other good ones, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I I've never played it though. I want to though because I usually like snowboarding games. Or I at least have well, I like SSX tricky. Uh, not uh, yeah, arguably <laughs> not a snowboarding not game. <laughs> yeah, so and I I really want to find a biking game that I love. The Senders was fine. I, I didn't like it as much as others did. Uh I don't know. I, I like I said, it's cool that they're trying this. It is from the same studio in Ubisoft that did steep. It's the exact same studio. Uh so really just trying to, I think, take another swing at this style of game and, and hopefully it finds its audience. I just yeah, don't know that it's for me. So, Josh, that is Ubisoft Forward, mm. everything they talked about. Uh, one kind of notable, well, a couple of notable things missing. One of them, well, three notable <laughs> things I can think of off the top of my head missing. One of them we knew wasn't going to be there, yeah. which was Gollum Bones. Yeah. They announced ahead of time it wasn't going to be there. Uh, it sounds like that game is getting a pretty massive overhaul from what we had originally seen, crud, three years ago now? It's been a while, three or four years. Is yeah. it two or three years ago that we saw uh, Skull and Bones for the first time? Uh, no Beyond Good and Evil 2. Is that game ever coming out? I still think it's coming out. I really do. Okay. <laughs> and no Splinter Cell. Is that, are we ever, we saw no. some Sam Fisher in a cartoon, uh, but no Splinter Cell announcements. Are, is that, is there a Splinter Cell in the works? They're doing their best to tell us there's not a Splinter Cell coming out. They're just taking Sam Fisher and putting him into, he's going to be in For Honor next. Like, they're just putting him into their own games. Like, it, I really just like don't know how much clearer they could be without coming out and saying, guys, we're not doing a Splinter Cell game. <laughs> but is it that them being, how is that not them like 
laying the groundwork for a Splinter Cell game. Like, get excited about Sam Fisher because you're going to be playing him soon in his own game. Isn't that what they're doing? Well, two years ago when he first showed up in Wildlands, <laughs> you would think that they would have had something to show by then. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what the deal is, um, but maybe they're working on it now. I don't know. Maybe they wanted to wait till next gen. But I, I think if we ever get a Splinter Cell announcement, it's two years out. Yeah. Well, that was everything for Ubisoft Forward. Uh, mm. They, you know, they talked about this format and that they're going to continue doing it. Yeah. They, they said on, you know, you'll, they didn't give a date for the next one because in the first one they did, they talked about doing one in September again. We did. We got no additional dates for any adi- for any future ones. Do you think this is the last Ubisoft Forward of this year? Uh, no. I mean, November probably seems like a good month for them to do another one. Uh. Just as like a content update, especially with next gen stuff, give people some ideas of what they might want um, to either purchase console wise or game wise, uh, maybe before the consoles drop. But uh, I think we get one more before the end of the year. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm torn. I don't know if we do. I think it. We might get one in January, um, because you know when having Far Cry Six, which we didn't see at all here. Yeah, uh, having. Riders Republic coming out that next month, having uh, your Assassin's your or Assassin's Creed, having Prince of Persia: <laughs> Sands of Time out that month, plus them being able to probably give some updates on uh, DLC and things for Assassin's Creed and Watch Dogs and all that stuff. Uh, I feel like January might be able to be a, a good time for that. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, are you cool with all these companies kind of doing their own thing now? This is really what we've been doing all summer, and we've talked about it a few times. Are you settling in? Is it starting to feel comfortable or in a way that you're okay with it? Yeah, it's fine. I think the only thing that suffers is, like, I didn't like the presentation of this. Yeah. So for me, someone who's constantly, like, high on Ubisoft and how well they do, like, this is really a big bummer for me. Um, yeah. And that also has to do with the content, too, I think. I just think for me, this this one didn't really have anything that blew me away. Obviously there's there were things in here for like certain people and some people could have just like right. felt like it was worth it for <clears throat> immortals and which is great for them but like I just mm-hmm. kind of was underwhelmed and it, it's just a weird format, right? So they show a game, then they do an interview with a developer, then they show more of the game and they talk to another developer and then it ends like it just seems right. like a lot of filler uh for essentially a game showcase which yeah. is what every studio gets criticized for if they do too much of in an E3 presentation yep. and now we're going to get multiple of these in a year um yeah like I, I don't mean to come down on like that for like the developers part but like that's not what you should still offer that right on your YouTube page mm-hmm. or on your website but if you're going to put out like do you think the state of play on Wednesday is going to be full of developers talking in between game trailers. No, you're just going to no. get game trailers. Yeah, like, you might get a minute or two, but that's it. It's going to be very short. Yeah, it, yeah. If you have developers talking, so yeah, that's all. I just didn't like the format. Um, but you know, I think it it makes sense. We'll get more in game news this way with each pe- like right. people doing their own things. Um, so I like that. I like that it's not crammed, and you can actually make time for roller champions if people are excited for that. Um, yeah. So, no, no uh, hate for that. Just, I just wish their presentation was more like PlayStation, Nintendo, and less like the Xbox ones, like because that's just full of people talking. Right. 
I do wonder if we're going to get, now that you said it, you know, doing one in November, I do wonder if we'll get one in November because uh, they didn't talk about Assassin's Creed Valhalla at all. Right. They didn't even mention it, which I thought we might get a short trailer as a reminder that this game is coming out. So maybe they'll do something. Granted, the last one they did, they did a big chunk of Assassin's Creed Valhalla afterwards. So maybe they feel like that is that kind of stands on its own. Uh, but I, I could see one more push for that game or one more big push for that game. Um you know, as as it launches alongside next gen consoles, that might be something. Uh, is a good game to fit with those. Like, hey, here's your first game you play on your new console, because I know that's what um, Black Flag was for a lot of people. Yeah. So, awesome. All right. Well, we will wrap things up here. We don't have any emails or any questions this week. So remember, you can always reach out to us at Board with Fiji on Twitter or Board with Fiji at gmail.com. So with that, we're going to move right on to our well-rounded life recommendations. Obviously, we're a gaming podcast, but we want to leave you with one other thing we're currently into. That is helping us live that well-rounded life. Josh, what is your recommendation this week? So uh, my recommendation is the Horizon Zero Dawn comic book series. Uh, there are currently two issues out. Issue three comes out this month. Uh, it, at least the first two issues don't even really focus on Aloy too much, uh, which is cool. Uh, she's in it. She's involved to a degree. Um, but it sets some more groundwork for interesting stories in the Horizon uh, universe world. There's new, um, well, there's a new type of bad guy, which is exciting, and maybe it will be in the new Horizon. Who knows? Um, but so far, so good. The art is uh, very impressive. I really like it. Um, th- there's one thing I don't like it. They almost make some of the robots look almost feathery. And I'm like, eh, it's a little too close to dinosaur-y. Like the watchers <laughs> okay. like almost look like feathery, but they're not. It's just art style. But um, that's not like my only criticism. Uh, the writing is, is pretty solid so far. Um, I, it's only two issues, so it's really hard to like give you like a, um, a critique critique. But uh, for someone like me, who's a huge fan of the series, I say, check it out. Um, go to your local, friendly local game shop or comic store and and uh, grab a copy if you can. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, my recommendation is a documentary on Netflix that, I don't know, at least funny thing about this is that I was like, I wonder if everyone is seeing this thing pop up as the thing they should be watching. <laughs> or if it's just, you know geared towards me since i like the documentary so much but it's called the social dilemma it is on netflix and basically it looks at the role of social media and the impact that has had on our lives and i'm generally skeptical about these types of documentaries in general because while all documentaries have a slant of some sort social media documentaries tend to have a pretty specific slant um and this one does too but the thing that i cut it a lot of slack on is that the people they talk to are the people who created social media. (laughs) So it is people who were vice presidents of Facebook, presidents of Pinterest, you know, people who were in charge of programming and engineering at Instagram and all these really well-known social media companies where we're spending all of our time. And they're talking about um, what they did in their jobs, what their roles were, how they did those jobs, what the intent was, but what the results of those intentions have been. Uh, And it's also very interesting then to hear many of them talk about how they don't allow their kids to use social media. (laughs) So it's a very interesting, it's a very interesting look uh, at the impact social media has had. And it's very current. Like it, it really is pushing all the way up and it even talks about 
a little bit about the coronavirus. So it has really relevant topics to our day, especially with an election coming up. Um, has a lot of really relevant information on there. Uh, it's funny because one of the people on there, and I think this is the reason they did this, is there's this one person who's a huge advocate about like getting people to delete their social media. And his presence on screen, when he's talking, you're like, okay, you're kind of like what I expected you to be. <laughs> like you're fitting a lot of stereotypes yeah. about who you would be. So it's pretty important that they have all these other people who are like, no, I you know, worked in Silicon Valley for you know blah, 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 number of years, and I did all of these things to kind of offset that. Um, so just a really interesting look, even if you're someone who thinks that social media does more good than harm, still I think worth a look to kind of take a – to hear what they have to say uh, because – you know, as they talk about in there, that everything they did at the start was intended to be positive. They're trying to improve people's lives. That's really what they set out to do. Um, but then they have slowly over time uh, have resulted, have learned of all the negative things that can potentially happen. So the social dilemma, check it out on Netflix, give you some food for thought. Josh, speaking of the social dilemma, as we go into our wrap up, Josh, <laughs> what do you say we wrap this show up? Let's do it. Thanks for joining us, everyone. In addition to finding us on all the social media uh, at Board with VG, you can find us on more social media at facebook.com slash Board with VG. So feel free to give us a five-star rating over there. Also, if you want to communicate in the more long form or you're just not feeling social media, please feel free to send us an email at Board with VG at gmail.com. We tag all of our stuff with hashtag board with VG. So feel free to use that hashtag as well on all social medias. Uh, but if you got social medias, uh, but um, uh, whatever podcast service you're listening to us on, we encourage you to give us a stellar rating. That is whether you're downloading us from the PSVG feed, the Dice Tower Network feed, or our very own standalone board with video games feed. You can find me on Xbox Live and PlayStation Network at Why So Serious. That's S-I-R-R-I-U-S. Kyle, where can people find you? So you can find me on all the usual places, Twitter, Instagram, PlayStation Network, Xbox Live, Board Game Geek, all at Psychocross, C-Y-C-O-C-R-O-S-S. As always, if you have suggestions for future topics, be sure to reach out to us on the social media because we want to talk about what you want to hear about. And remember, everyone, whether it be board games or video games, never stop gaming.